Sonnet 68, from Spencer's Amoretti, 1595. Most glorious Lord of life, that on this day didst make thy triumph over death and sin, and having harrowed hell didst bring away captivity, thence captive, us to win. This joyous day, dear Lord, with joy begin, and grant that we, for whom thou didst die, being with thy dear blood clean washed from sin, may live for ever in felicity. And that thy love, we weighing worthily, may likewise love thee for the same again. And for thy sake, that all like dear didst buy, with love may one another entertain. So let us love, dear love, like as we ought. Love is the lesson which the Lord us taught. St. John's Gospel, the thirteenth chapter, the first verse. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him, and during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not at my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean, and you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him, for this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, 
that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. With love may one another entertain. After washing the disciples' feet, our Lord asked, Do you know what I have done to you? Is there another story in the Gospels that shows so clearly the insight that love is a function of the will? Take the evangelist's comment that, even with the knowledge that his own hour had come, Jesus intended to love his own right to the end. Note, too, the Gospel's deliberateness in recounting each action in sequence as if it has some symbolic power. Jesus breaks the meal to rise from the table. He takes off his outer robe. Jesus ties a towel around himself. He fills a basin. Jesus washes and wipes the disciples' feet, even the feet of Judas, soon to betray him. Each action deliberate and intentional. And the insight is there, if it may be put this way, both in the lesson and in the way it is learned. The lesson that Jesus wanted his disciples to learn, and that the evangelist, by extension, wants us to learn. The instruction to humble service is clear. The lesson is the new commandment that we love one another just as our Lord loves us. It is because first we are loved that we, as Spencer puts it, with love may one another entertain. Pause for a moment on that word, entertain. What does it suggest to you? Is it frivolous, playful? Does it connote hospitality? Or is the sense flatter than that, perhaps meaning permit or allow, as when we say that so-and-so would never entertain that, whatever that might be? But there is another sense of entertain, present in Spencer's time, but lost to present-day English, which means to hold mutually. And here, I think, Spencer has something, as if he himself has learned his Lord's lesson well. With love, we may hold each other mutually. With love, we trust each to the other in fulfilment of the new command, for all, like dear, our Lord didst buy, every man and every woman, and we are all Judas. That this is the lesson is unavoidable, but that love is a function of the will, we see also in the way the lesson is learned, for our Lord first does the thing, then teaches it. The order is significant. He doesn't teach something and then exemplify it. Do you know what I have done to you? Jesus acts, then he explains. This is the point of the Triduum, the three holy days that we would ordinarily enter today. In fact, it is also the point of all our most significant liturgy. We're invited to enter the drama, to reenact ritually what Jesus did 
in order to learn Jesus' lesson. Do you know what I have done to you? And so we enter, we act, because we are commanded, because we are first loved, because it is only in the doing that we find it possible to hold one another mutually, because we need to learn to set our wills to love. Do first, and your heart will follow. Love is a function of the will, and with love, we may, God willing, one another entertain.